You are now tuned in to the High History Podcast with your host, the great Stone. today's episode we're going to talk about a very interesting topic um i'm sure everybody has seen all the entanglement jokes on social media and i'm sure people have become aware um of the fact that you know uh will smith and jada pinkett smith had somewhat of a um open marriage um you know different things like that and so you know different um kind of concepts started popping up such as the two topics that we're going to talk about today, and those are polygamy and polyamory. I think um, when people think of uh, polygamy and polyamory, sometimes uh, some people who don't necessarily know anything um, about it can consider it the same thing. Um, Some people, you know, know that it's something different. Some people uh, practice Uh, polygamy and uh, polyamory, you know, I don't think people have a firm kind of understanding of, you know, the fact that this is not something that is that is new. Uh, This is something that has been occurring for, you know, a long time. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of bring the history of, um, of the two polygamy and polyamory uh to the audience and so that way they can get some understanding because you know history uh teaches us you know our roots and history teaches us where things originated from and the benefits of where things originate from and different things like that and so we're going to take a deep dive uh well not necessarily a deep dive it ain't too too deep But we're going to take a look at polygamy and polyamory, the history of it. So before we get into the history, both forms of polygamy and polyamory are non-monogamy. So we all know monogamous relationships is two parties, solely two parties. That's it. It's you and me to the end. But in polygamy and polyamory, Uh, There is room for multiple parties simultaneously. Now, polygamy and polyamory are very different. Polygamy deals with the institution of marriage and polyamory deals with feelings alone. So polyamory is basically, you know, being in relationships and having multiple relationships and different things like that. Um, having love for multiple people, 
that's polyamory. But we're going to take a look at polygamy first because polygamy is rather interesting. And polygamy is a social practice. And within polygamy, there is polyamory. So let's take a look at polygamy real quick. So in polygamy, there are three forms. There is polygyny, which means one man and multiple women. Polyandry, which means one woman and multiple men. And group marriage, which is a combination of the two, meaning everybody just married to each other. And so in the world, in a study in 1960 through 1980, out of 1,231 societies in the world, 186 were monogamous, 453 had occasional polygyny, uh, 588 had frequent polygyny, and only seven had polyandry. So like everything else, polygamy begins in Africa. And it also rears its head historically within the traditional Islamic societies and Imperial China as well. Currently in the world, India is 4% polygamous Hindu societies and 3% Islamic societies. Although polygamy is accepted in many countries, it is not practiced as much because it does require many resources. If people are poor, they don't entertain the idea. So when we think of polygamy historically, it's important to remember that although it is a centuries old practice, the number one way to make it work is to be able to have resources. And so sometimes it would occur you know, but not all the time because you had to be able to take care of the woman. You had to be able to, you know, gain the woman from her parents. Her parents were taking care of her at the time. Let's take a look at examples of like polygamy and how people found loopholes in it. So in China, in the Han Dynasty, they wouldn't let you have more than one wife. You had to have a wife, but you were allowed to have concubines. They said, okay, and they would practice this, having these concubines, they would have their first wife and they would be known as the head wife or the first wife. Um, and they would have all supreme power over all the concubines. None of them talked to her and she ran everything. That's how it worked. And if the man gave a concubine a child, the mother of the child would gain some status as a mother and would get higher than the other concubines, but will always be lower than the wife. They practiced this all the way before the People's Republic of China. Even in China, in Confucianism, Polygyny was emphasized as a part of learning for personal growth. It tested the ability of a man to manage a family. Polygyny in Confucianism spread from China to Korea and Japan. 
That's deep. They said in order to be a man in Confucianism, you had to have multiple wives and you had to test yourself to manage a family. That's deep. So let's explore, you know, other places in in Islam. Polygamy is permissible under certain circumstances. A lot of people think, you know, you can. You know, being being Islam and have multiple wives. No, sir. You got to know the circumstances on how to have multiple wives before you actually do that. You got to know the law. So in Islam. In the Quran, verse four and three, it states that if you fear, you shall not be able to deal justly with orphan girls. Then marry other women of your choice, two, three, or four. But if you fear you may not be able to deal justly, then only one. So when they said orphan girls, they didn't really mean like, you know, little girls. What they meant was orphan girls as in they were grown, but their mother and father had died and they had nobody to support them. They would take them in. And if he felt like he wouldn't be just to her, he would take other wives. He could take other wives. So that way he can make it right and he can make it fair. In Hinduism, both polygyny and polyandry have been practiced for thousands of years. And the only people who didn't practice this were the Brahmins. They were a special sect. The Brahmins are only allowed to be married once. They were a high class in India. And now in India, only the Muslims can practice polygamy. Ain't that crazy? Only the Muslims can practice. India, the Hindus been doing it for thousands of years, but then they made it a law. You know, I think in like 2004, somewhere in there, they made a law that said, Hindus are no longer allowed to have polygamy. What? And the Muslims can have polygamy because it's in their religion and it's permissible. But the Hindus been doing it for thousands of years. It's crazy. That's wild. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, that's insane. Insane. Finally, in Christianity, St. Augustine noted in The Good of Marriage that polygamy was no longer a necessity because people didn't need to have children anymore. It contradicted the Roman law. He wasn't finna say anything about the people in Rome who did it before and who still have multiple wives. He won't finna say anything about that. What could he do? They were already married. He couldn't take that away. He kept it on a low. But to everybody else, nope. You condemned it. And even in Judaism, they don't have multiple wives anymore. So the Christians were just like, across the board, no, not having it. The Catholics, the, the Eastern Orthodox, the Baptists, Martin Luther, the Church of England, all of that was gone. Except for the Mormons. In 1831, Joseph Smith Jr., the founder of the Mormons, received a revelation on celestial marriage. That means like heavenly marriage. And and that means it is spiritually necessary. They believed it was spiritually necessary to be married 
And if you were married on earth, you will be married in heaven. That's a concept. Wow. The Mormons said, okay, we're going to practice this so that way we can have everything in heaven. And persecution, you know, started happening against the Mormons. Like they were being killed. Um, there was legislation made against them. And so when they were being killed and they couldn't make one-on-one, they had to group up because it will fulfill the spiritual mandate. They're like, we going to heaven so we can be married up there too. People outside the Mormon church, they view polygamy as a form of legalized slavery. Huh. That's funny. They thought the Mormons were doing polygamy and it was legalized slavery. That's hilarious. To call polygamy legalized slavery. What do they know about slavery is the question. And I wonder who said it. That's funny. I just had to say that. That's funny. They started making anti-polygamy legislation. um, And they started seizing church property. And, um, you know, the church was like, oh, my God, we can't practice polygamy no more. So the church put out a mandate um, in 1904 that was like, we no longer doing that. And fundamentalist Mormons went nuts. They said, hell no, we having our families. We going to heaven with marriage. It's our Mormon right. You know, fuck you, you know, peace out. And they were banned from the church, the fundamentalist Mormons. And they continue to practice polygamy to this very day. Till this very day. They practice polygamy. They all the way out there in in Utah, in New Mexico, Arizona, you know, all out there, you know, in the in the in the Rockies and the Sierras and all that other stuff, you know, the wagon people. The Mormons got their own wagons. Now they're still doing polygamy, still practicing. Polygamy has been around. Polygamy has been around, but I feel like in order to better understand polygamy, we also must understand polyamory. Polyamory is the focus on love and the focus on feelings. You know, how do we get to these polygamous relationships? Is it by custom or is it by feelings? What is it like to explore polygamy through the lens of polyamory? Polyamory, you got to understand, has been around for thousands of years. This ain't nothing new. This ain't nothing like, oh, you know, I want to love multiple people because it's cool and I've seen it on TV and blah, blah, blah. You know, no, this has been around for thousands of years. People are actually polyamorous and they have these feelings. When we talk about, you know, polyamory and different things like that, we must understand that we must not be tricked by false polyamory and, you know, false claims of, oh, let's be polyamorous um, in order to, you know, kind of gain advantage of you. You know, you need to watch out. You need to watch out. Everybody that's polyamorous ain't polyamorous. Some of them talk a good game. You better watch out. But Santa Claus ain't coming to town. And so polyamory 
wasn't really highlighted for thousands of years until about the mid-1800s. Um, and this is when a polyamorous community just showed up in Oneida, New York. It was founded by John Humphrey Noyes. And in this community, he taught perfectionism. And this was the practice of reaching sinlessness or reaching perfection. And polyamory offered an alternative to monogamy. This is what he taught. He said monogamy is exclusive, it is selfish, and it works to counter communism. That's deep. And in 1862, another village popped up by Frances Wright. And it was a, she was a Scottish immigrant, and she formed a Shoba. And this was a community that sought to bring together both free blacks and whites to work and make love. Now get this, why, why she made the community? I'll tell you why. She believed that sexual passion was the best source of human happiness. She created a whole village for everybody to get together and work and just have sex all over the place. It is is just a sex farm. They they out there. For a long time, you know, because of this, polyamory was discussed in terms of sexuality. You know, it wasn't actually discussed in terms of, of, of feeling and different things like that. The huge booms of this occurred in like the 60s and the 70s. Um, and this was really kind of lumped in. Polyamory was lumped in to kind of the bisexual and free love movements. And while while polyamory has been around for thousands of years, the turning point for polyamory and the way it was viewed uh, did occur in the 60s and the 70s for polyamorous acceptance. And then as polyamory started to develop, polyamory was also seen in swinging. You know, and ideas of, you know, alternative marriage or swinging marriages where married couples uh, would would swing with other married couples and have sex with each other and explore these things and, you know, see if they can, you know, feel uh, sexual intimate love, you know, within their within their polyamorous feelings. You know, this is this is what they were doing. The main people that were doing this tended to be white and they were in their late thirties. They were fairly conventional, but they they lacked religious participation. Like they really didn't believe in religion or they didn't really go to church or nothing like that. You know, they just they were in their late thirties and lived normal lives, but they was around there swinging with other married couples. That's what they're doing. Polyamory would kind of die down when people started swinging and then getting AIDS. And, um, you know, it was really unfortunate. Uh, so people kind of still had these feelings, but it was a little on a lull. Uh, but then in the 21st century, the Internet came along. It's the Internet. Get, 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 get the Internet. The Internet came along. And people started making websites for polyamorous people. 
and people were able to find each other and connect with each other and chat about it. And this started creating acceptance on the internet because more and more people were using the internet and they were becoming more educated about what polyamory was. And you know, even today, you know, the polyamorous website website still exists. Um, And then more people are starting to come out as polyamorous. Uh, you may see some people on your um, on your social media feed who may uh, claim polyamory, and you know you should congratulate them. Uh, you know you should uplift them in uh, who they are because that's what it's all about. But you also must recognize um, that polyamory is is something real. It's something that people practice. It doesn't have to be, you know, monogamy all the time. Um, you know, and if people practiced it, you shouldn't judge them. You shouldn't judge them. So what if, if somebody want to have a girlfriend and a boyfriend, um, you know, and a husband, if, if that's what they want to do and everybody's cool with it, more power to them. Could I do it? No, I couldn't do it, but more power to them. You, you, you can't judge folks. And that's why I keep trying to tell y'all on this podcast, you know, as you listen, um, as you learn these history lessons, you can't judge folk. We all we all got a plife. We all have a plife. And you got to respect everybody's plife. And, that, and that's it. That's all you got to do. When we think about talking about polygamy and polyandry, um, uh, polyamory, Excuse me. Damn, I be fucking up my words sometimes. Yeah, when we think about polygamy and polyamory, you know, we must not. We must not get it confused with something that, you know, we mix in with like what's going on in the media. We see Will and Jada and they have their they had their open marriage and they had their little entanglement, you know, but we got to understand that that wasn't polygamy. You know, we can't misclassify that. You know, we have to understand that polygamy is something different. You know, we have to understand that polyamory, you know, it might be polyamorous, you know, but we got to know what we're talking about before we put it on it. And that's just a simple fact. And so with that being said, we're going to close out this lesson. I hope you enjoyed the lesson on polygamy and polyamory and the history of it and where it came from. And, um, you know, I hope that if you are listening and you are polygamous and polyamorous, you know, I hope you're doing well and I hope you're doing what you can do uh, to maintain your relationships and to maintain your family. Um, and, yeah, shout out to you. We love you here on the High History Podcast. And that being said, we gonna roll out. Enjoy the music. Dana dana takete takete dadrigre tete takka takdige na nage nage nage. Big thing, small thing, I winding up on all thing. Short thing, tall thing, I winding up on all thing and it's thing.
Our History Podcast. And now it is Weed Talk with the Great Stone Dragon. This part of the show where you go and you grab your weed and we sit around and we talk while we have. So, I was thinking earlier today, humans have thought of like the wildest shit to do to inflict harm on people. The wildest shit. One time I went to medieval times and I went in a dungeon and they had a tool in there called a breast ripper. And this tool was a four prong iron, iron, whatever. And they heated it up and they put it on this woman's breast and the hot metal would tear at the skin while the, while the, while the spikes pierced in the breast and ripped the breast off. Why would you rip somebody's titty off? What was the reason? You thought that was a punishment. I will rip your breast off. What? And then the concept of, of eunuchs. They took people, put them into slavery, and they cut their balls off. They cut their balls off. You have no more balls. Lower their testosterone. They're just walking around. No balls. That's, oh my God. As somebody with balls, you know, like I understand to each his own and different, but as somebody with balls, like I can't imagine that. That'll be sad. I I feel sorry for them. I feel like that's horrible. You are enslaving somebody. And not only that, you cutting off the balls. They can't even do nothing now. They see they see a shorty or a young lad that they like. They, they, they can't even have feelings for them. Sexual fit. They can't have nothing for them. That's sad. That's really sad. Do you think about um, Vlad Dracula? People were trying to attack Vlad Dracula in, in, in you know, in Transylvania, you know. And um, Dra- Vlad Dracula said, no, sir. Not today. You're not coming in here trying to. But the way he fucking did it, he let these niggas know. For, he said, I'm going to impale y'all. I'm going to impale y'all. All of the people he killed, he impaled them vertically, up they ass, through the mouth. Ugh. Disgust. What? Only humans think of that shit. I ain't never seen a monkey do that shit. You don't see a bear do that? A bear just, a bear got the decency to come up to you, square up, and kill you. Because that's what a bear do. We could have at least like made a spear or some shit. Damn. Niggas had to. What the fuck? Dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki early in the morning. People just waking up. Boom. A nuclear bomb. Everybody die. Get ready and get killed. What? No wonder Japan quit. You took it too far.
Hell, humans are humans are crazy, man. Real crazy. We gotta stop thinking of stuff. We 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 got to we got to find another way. We we got to find another way. Now I will say, if it deserves it, then okay. But 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 damn, like we thought of that. We gotta chill out. Shit. We'll be back. to the High History Podcast, a podcast about history when we're high. And now, Street Poems with the Great Stone Dragon, a series of poems inspired by the streets, read in poetry style. And now, a man finds his wife. You done fucked up now. I done caught you in my bed. Got the nerd to be in my house giving another nigga some hair. That nigga better get out now before he end up dead. Well, moving fast, I pulled the get out. That pussy nigga fled. Back to you. What the fuck I do to make you lose your mind? Thought I ain't care about you because I was working all the time. Trying to save up for a vacation. You would get that shit now. I bought it in like, what the fuck is this? Or your stupid ass said was, wow. Wow. So give me back that fucking ring. Call, call Dominique. I'll give you time to get your shit, but you got to the end of this week. I ain't gonna stunt. I I am heartbroken, you know. That shit hurt. You know, you could have talked to me about it. But my first relationship, I stayed in and learned my lesson. So this time, I won't allow it. Be a harlot elsewhere. Run to Babylon and cause a muck. You were my wife. But now you must flee my life. So bitch, you shit out of luck. And that was A Man Finds His Wife. Once again, thanks for coming out to the High History Podcast, a podcast about history when we're high. I am your host, the Great Stone Dragon. And until next time. Stone.